us having fun. Whoa, what's that beam of light? Hey, young Andrew Lens. It's me, Andrew Lens from the future, telling you that your dream is going to come true. What? No way! Yeah, you're going to have an awesome podcast called Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? And new episodes come out every Sunday on... PSAP Radio Network! The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. podcast found at bicbp-radio.com i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by my man sean fritz sir how do you do this sir here still be corona free hey fridge and everything else hey that's awesome dude uh funny story i received in the mail the other day because i requested it from creality which is a 3d printer company yeah uh, I requested five face masks from them because they were making them. Wait, because... 3D printed masks? So what? Okay, no, no, no. They're not 3D printed masks. Oh, They're just okay. masks that they were giving out five for uh, five per person. Here's the funny thing: Creality is based at in, in China. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those had to go fast. Uh, I don't know. I, I got a package from from customs through China. Tell me it's from Wuhan, dude. I didn't look. I just kind of, I took it out of the bag. I said, all right, well, here's to antibodies. And I held it up to my face. There you go. Sniffed. It took a deep, deep breath. Well, because my blood type is resist, uh, allegedly resistant to the virus. I'm like one of the few people at the store that doesn't wear stuff on my face now. When did you find out of your, find out your blood type? I gave blood about six months ago. And they send me, they sent me like this little wallet card and a keychain thing. It was either that or have, have the doctor run a test and I have to pay for it. It's like, well, how about I just do it for free? So, um, so what does that mean? So let's say you are resistant. Does that mean that like it can't even attach to you or it attaches to you, but it can't like a, a dread, you can carry it. Like somebody sneezes on you, you know, you could carry it, but it just doesn't affect you. I think it doesn't, I think your immune system is more resistant to the virus in general so not you're just not even carrying it you're like a force you've got a force field around you more, more i'd say it's more like hard light but yeah <laughs> i, I could broadcast signal around my body i couldn't tell you uh what my blood type is i have no freaking clue at all well if you're o positive the theory is that you are more resistant to it if you are either a or a b i think it's a you're out of luck oh Really, it's just like, hey, you ha- you get it, you're done. No, not that, but you're just less resistant. I see. 
it, it's like uh, genetic markers and whatever that, you know, like certain, certain groups of people are more resistant to this, but more, res- but less resistant to this. Okay. I see. It's interesting, man. Yeah. Things continue to, uh, to not change so far. Everything is still kind of weird. People wearing masks everywhere. Um, well, that, that's not going to change for a while. I don't think, yeah. but not until I, I wanted to ask you, yeah, I wanted to ask you in your neck of the woods, since we're not in the same area, are you, is, is, uh, is Buffalo more, uh, are they opening up anything or is it still like you leave your house, you get shot by the sharpshooters in the, in the sky? Well, we never had that. Uh, it was never that intense in Buffalo. Um, basically, you know, you could, you could go out, you could go to the parks, you could do, as long as you're social distance and you, you could do that. Uh, but like businesses were closed, you know, restaurants were closed. All that was closed down starting Tuesday of this week. And that would be, what's that? The 19th, February or May 19th, um, this past Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. We started the, f- the first phase of opening. So now, um, construction people are going back to work. There's other people that are going back to work right now, but it's kind of, uh, you know, slow. Some restaurants are allowed to now start kind of doing, uh, outside seating as long as it's spread out. You know what I mean? Um, especially because the weather's getting nice. Like in the past couple of days, it's finally gotten nice here. Like a week and a half ago, we were looking at 40 degree weather still uh, with snow coming down. And now we're in, we're hitting our 70s and nice sunny days. So uh, we're starting the first phase. And the idea is, is we're supposed to do this for two weeks. Then they review the data. And then if everything looks good, they do a second phase, another two weeks, review the data. So typically, you know, if everything goes okay in the first two weeks, you're looking at starting the second phase maybe three and a half to four weeks from now. So really, we're not if, if everything goes to plan and everything goes smoothly and there's no spikes and everything looks good, uh, you're talking a couple of months from now, two, two to three months before anything's back to semi-normal. Interesting, because we're, tomorrow, as of tomorrow, the 22nd, uh, we're rolling into phase two. Phase one was simply, hey, um, we're going to keep the stay-at-home order in effect, but we're going to allow the most basic of things to restart. Now, you mentioned construction. Construction never stopped here, even though those guys can never not be more than a foot away from each other. It seems like they're always like pressed up against each other. Yeah. I, For, I, I one guy in a hole, five guys standing around in a tight circle watching them. Yeah, I could tell you an old an, an old eighties joke, but I, I I'll get in trouble. <laughs> it's uh, not appropriate anymore. Is what it's about a country inventing a, a shovel that stands up on its own, and therefore there's uh, about six hundred percent layoff uh, of the workforce. Six hundred percent workforce layoff because the shovel can now stand up on its own. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're up, we're starting phase two tomorrow, which means uh, outdoor restaurants at fifty. Uh, 50%. I think they're toying around with indoor restaurants, but they had to actually pull back on that. Uh, they're also doing, for the people that need it, such as myself, uh, salons and hair cutteries are going to be reopened. You haven't shaved, shaved your head yet, huh? No, man. my hair. I haven't shaved my face either. It looks kind of, it looks like Anthony. It's kind of silly. I mean, not <laughs> that pat- bad, but you, you got know. patchwork going on? I, I actually do. <laughs> I, I, did a, I did a video panel uh, a, a virtual video panel i ho- i moderated it for christian uh, uh the power rangers guy on youtube.com and it was on video and i had my camera angled from the side and and right where you grab to rip someone's throat out you know from roadhouse 
uh, right where you grab to rip that guy's throat out, I have two big blank patches there where my quote unquote beard hasn't <laughs> grown in yet. It it looks like it's it's less hair than on the top of your head right now. That's and I know I could say that because you have stubble up there. That's amazing. That's yeah, a, you know I, I actually went for a while there. I went like two and a half weeks without shaving my head, and it was scary. So I was like, yeah, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna work. I don't need to wait for anybody. I'll do it myself. Yeah, I mean it makes sense when it's that sh- when it's that height. So, anyway, um, aside from patchy beards and shaggy heads and lack of hair on heads, uh, we've been watching movies. Oh boy, we've I, been I kinda, watching. <laughs> mm, mm. And this was your today's was your pick. You decided you were gonna pick a classic. I'll let you tell the people what we watched. Yeah, I think we've been picking movies to fuck with each other, quite honestly, at this point. <laughs> but I mean, we've been picking rose-colored glass movies. Uh, so uh, what, what I chose, um, you decide if it's good or not, was the 1987 quote classic, They Live. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blind us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe, as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are, or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them, they're everywhere! We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on a TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletales. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick And I'm all out of bubblegum. This one is definitely a rose-colored glasses type movie, and I can't wait to get into it because I remember why. This, again, I think when we talked about it last week, I talked about how this was one of those movies that I hadn't seen since I was much younger. And when you watch movies when you're younger, you're not as judgmental. You don't really look for too much in your film unless you're like some sort of savant, right? And you've you've got like a high high IQ in cinema, cinema. But for me... I liked to be entertained. That's all I needed, right? Just some entertainment. And back in those days, when I was a kid, uh, this passed. Oh, this man. worked. This was enough. This was enough to make me enjoy it. This is going to be an interesting conversation, dude. Mm-hmm. Had you seen it before you saw this? Yeah, I did. I, I saw it probably 
no different than you, maybe 15, uh, probably 15 years ago. And that was, you know, when I watched all the, the, the deep Rowdy, Rowdy Piper catalog, you know, no Bro. holds barred or uh, body slam. Dude, we got to at some awful. point in the future, we're going to have to watch Hell Comes to Frogtown. I was, I was, I almost, I watched this with E. I'm, let me rephrase. I made E watch this with me. <laughs> you changed and it down. And she about, she laid there and I saw her getting less and less interested. And then her eyes got lower and lower. <laughs> her eyelids got lower and lower. And I just, just like, you awake? You awake? You still awake? You enjoying this movie? Yeah. The answer was always, I wish I wasn't. And no, I'm not. <laughs> and what is wrong with this movie? I was like, hey. And, I, and then I tried to give her the John Carpenter background in history. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, I don't know who or what that is. So look, okay, so they live, uh, for people who haven't seen it, is a John Carpenter film from the 80s. Well, late 80s, right? Isn't it almost early 90s? When did this come out? 88. 88, so late to, 80s. According to Wiki, yeah. Yeah, so late 80s. Um, and basically it's about a drifter who comes across this town where there are people who have figured out that much of the world is run by, I wouldn't, are they aliens? They're, they're aliens, right? Well, this town that you this town that you reference is Los Angeles. Oh, that's right. But do you know what the thing is? <laughs> it totally was like it all took place in like a, a corner lot mm-hmm. that was very not Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, a whole, it was a, a shanty lo- shanty yeah, town, a homeless area. <laughs> like, did that really exist, man? Like shanty towns like that in 1988, or was this supposed to be like a a futuristic type of movie for them? Like, this was what the what humanity was going to devolve into. Do you think it was like the the uppity Skid Row area? Yeah, I don't know, man. It was uh, see, and that's the thing. I I mean, you're right. It was Los Angeles. When you say that, I remember how in the opening you know that. But the whole movie, the way it takes place, aside from you know certain scenes in the city, it just felt very much like this weird little town. And he was like the Bill Bixby character wandering right into town and getting mixed up in the hijinks. Uh, but yeah, they never pro- said the name of the the city. Like any on any type of title card or anything, I had to actually go to Wiki to look it up. And she's oh, watching. She's was? like, she's like, oh, that's Washington Square. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, oh, that's that's the the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> that's amazing. You're wrong. So yeah, uh, he comes into town. He finds out that there's uh, these people have literally realized that the world is being run by aliens. Aliens that have kind of immersed themselves in our lives. They look like us. Uh, except that everything they're putting out over the media and, and the radio waves and TV and print is all subliminal messages. And if you wear special sunglasses, you'll see these creatures and you'll see what the messages are. Um, well, they're not even, it, it's not even really, he doesn't discover it. I mean, he doesn't find out. He just kind of happens upon it because he goes to the church that has choir practice at 4 a.m. Yeah. That's across the street from the homeless co-op. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, this is the, st- okay. So the story, right. It's, is a fun story. It's like, all right, cool. You could do a lot with this. I think where, where we lose a lot of it is in the writing, uh, because man, I gotta tell you, this has some of the worst dialogue I have seen in a long time. There it's are a parts good with- use. It's a, uh, I'm sorry. It's no, a, good. it's an example of if, have you, so have you watched the Mandalorian yet? Uh, yes, I have like three more episodes left that I haven't watched in five months. Okay, well, you should because it's actually really good. But um, it's it's 
that show is a good use of no dialogue progressing a story. Yeah. This movie is a bad example of no dialogue progressing the story or very limited dialogue coupled with very, very bad acting. Bro, the amount of cheesy one-liner. Like, the thing is, is when people were having conversations, or or not even conversations, when they were interacting with each other, it was like one-liner after one-liner. Especially that, mm-hmm. that scene with uh, Roddy Piper and, and um, what's his name? I can't remember his, his real oh, name. Keith in real David? Life. Yeah. When they were fighting in the alleyway. And it was just like these kind of tough guy one-liners that you drop on somebody one after another. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's, I, I felt like it was Biff Tannen helped write this this the script on this. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, that's that's not far off, actually. <laughs> like who walks into a bank? Like, no, no, don't get me wrong. One of my favorite lines of all time. I love it. You know, it's often quoted. It's a very it's very well known in pop culture. But it's often first of misquoted. All, who walks into a bank holding a shotgun and all they say is. I'm here to kick ass and chew, chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. And you just misquoted it's it. It's the other way around, whatever it is. But do you see what I'm saying? Like my, my point is, is that kind of line, I, I don't know. It just felt so – because before that happens, he's like reeling, right? He doesn't understand what's going on in this world, and there's all this kind of craziness. And then all it took was for him to get a couple guns, and then he was like, all right, I know my mission. I'm going to rid the world of these things. Like well, there was and, no and before development that- there. The scene before that is where he goes into that, that little bodega and he tells that one lady that she's ugly as sin and she actually talks on her watch. Yeah. And then he stumbles into the bank and he's just like, all right, I'm just going to wreck some shop now. After those two cops show up. <sighs> Remember those two cops show oh, up? Yeah. And then and they were just regular. The, the, the human, he let him escape, get away. And then he took all those guns to, to the bank and... You know, it's, busted a few skulls. It was. De- it's definitely one of these films that if you're going to watch it, you have to number one realize that it does not age well whatsoever. Um, but man, it, I'm telling you, it's got so much cheese, bro. So much cheese, and I'm lactose intolerant. It's not happening. Yeah, it's it's like anti Green Bay, Wisconsin, man. No cheese heads here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, over the plot. Like when you think of the story, it's it's a it's a fun story. Um, how how they decided to tell this story and how they plotted through this plot. Uh, there was a lot of times where it felt like it took too long. Like it was how like how off at the beginning of this film, we literally watched thirty minutes of him just walking mm-hmm. around. Literally walking around is what all of all of his acting. It's like, hey, Roddy, walk from here to here and kind of hold your head down a little bit. And we're gonna play the same exact song over and over. And we'll get to that too later on. But like this is this is all your acting. Just got to walk around. Also, when you have to fight, we're going to make sure it doesn't look natural whatsoever. But use some of your wrestling moves. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I wonder if he wasn't the, the fight choreographer for this movie. <laughs> it's um, maybe, right? Maybe he had to hold, ha, wear more than one hat. But uh, like I said, the idea to the story is fun. It's a cool idea, especially the whole idea that they're using media to, to subliminally control us. And when you see the words, right, it's, it, it's the stuff that you've – and again, this has been very much used in pop culture before, but – you know, he'll see it advertising for a cruise uh, cruise ship or something. He'll put the sunglasses on, and all of a sudden it says obey. And then he'll, you know, he'll he'll look at something else, and it'll say consume. And, and basically it's all those things we were always taught 
uh, was bad for you about media. It's just forcing you to do nothing but consume and obey and, and all these things. So those ideas are cool. And, and it's even more relevant today when you think about how a lot of people think of the world, right? And how a lot of the messages coming from different parts of the media or different talking heads, how it can really influence where you go. And so it, it, it does have the power to almost be that kind of... Um, shepherd right and turn people into sheep is what this message is in this in this film and so it is it does kind of fit in today's culture like the story and the message behind it is actually pretty relevant it's just the delivery is absolutely brutal yeah yeah i mean it, it you're absolutely right they they it's definitely a social commentary but at the same time if you want to comment on something do it in a you know, at, at least at an eighth grade reading level and not a, <laughs> like it's written in crayon. I swear, was the script written in red, in a red Crayola crayon or was it, it, it was just, it was. It's rough. It is definitely rough. And I got to tell you, I'd be interested to have like a, a, a younger kid watch it today and see what they, because again, I was a kid when I watched it. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome, you know, uh, especially how he, it was, you know, all in color, but he puts the sunglasses on and everything's black and white. Um, but dude, yeah, it was rough. So much of the, like the beginning of the film, I was like, all right, we're taking a long time just to get to the point. There's a lot of walking around happening. You know, there's a lot of arguing with that guy at the construction site, right? There's a lot of all this weird Which, kind of stuff that's that going guy, on. And that guy was like, Hey, there's no sleeping on the job site. What? Because he comes with a bag. <laughs> Are you just going to assume that he's, he just needs work and he's homeless? Either that, or is this just something you do all the time? Are you just using homeless help, you know, to get around the union, and uh, and so that's part of the, that's part of the gimmick, right? He has to tell him just so you know you can't sleep here because he's just used to it. Yeah, it, that guy just struck me as odd, and you know, amongst everything else, but yeah, a lot of it was very uh, was definitely very kind of odd in how you know how they delivered the film, how how it was executed. Um, but, you know, you're only as good as a lot of the actors and the acting. So let's get into that. Let's talk about the actors and acting. Um, immediately, Roddy Piper. That's the, that's the, that's the focal. Focal points, Roddy Piper. Uh, it does have, like you said earlier, Keith David, who um, he's been in a lot of different films. Um Oh, I can't think well, of it off the top. He was of my the bad. Head. He was the bad guy in that movie, and you know he was in Barbershop. He was ah, that's right. Something he, about Mary. Yep, he was in Armageddon. The thing. Oh, he was in the thing. The yeah. thing. Exactly. He's the voice of the Navy. Go Navy. So yeah, he's been like he's been around, and he's a he's a pretty you know you know him when you see him, especially prolific actor. Uh, Meg Foster at the time, I think in the eighties, late eighties and late eighties, she was one of those women that you'd see. You, if you see her, you'll recognize her, right? She's in all these dif different kinds of films, but nothing that really stands out that says, "Oh, it's Meg Foster." At least not to me. Like I, I saw her, I was like, "Oh, it's that lady." You know hey, what I mean? Hold on, okay. Keith David, I have his IMDb yeah. up. It is long as anything. That's what she's in. His first movie, nineteen seventy nine. You're never gonna get it is called oh, Lord. Disco Godfather. See, now that's something we have to watch for this show. I'm writing it down, too, so we don't forget. Disco Godfather. But here's the thing. like, So then he was in that. He was in The Thing in 82. 
He was in a seri- in nine episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> and then a couple years, the next year, he was in Platoon, Hot Pursuit, uh, The Equalizer TV show, They Live, ooh, Lady Killers, yeah. as a TV movie before it was a TV show, before it was a movie. Uh, oh, dude, he was in Roadhouse? Roadhouse. But, I mean, so, and, and 1990, Men at Work, a movie about... Let's go take out the trash. But the, like, that's just the first 10 years of him. And then he was in like a whole bunch of other movies, you know, like the late nineties and, and early to mid two thousands were huge for him. But you know yeah. him when you see him, I mean, he's still yeah. actually, I think I saw immediately he does vo- uh, tons of voiceovers too. So yeah, I think he was spawn, right? Didn't he do the voice of spawn at some point? Was it, it was either him or Tony Todd. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, Roddy Piper, Keith David are the main characters. And then, like I said, they had Meg Foster. I was looking up Meg Foster cause I'm like, I don't remember her from anything, but when I saw her, I was like, oh, it's her. But you know who she played that I remember? She played evil Lynn in masters of the universe. Oh geez. Another bad movie. Which we're going to cover as well. Uh, but I, there was an, a, a, an interesting little tidbit of, 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 uh, trivia here. So. When you look at this woman, one of the first things you immediately notice is her eyes, right? She's got these kind of weird crystal-looking mm-hmm. kind of eyes. They're the gradient, um, like from light to dark, from yeah, outside apparently, to inside. Apparently, in 1979, Mademoiselle, Mademoiselle Magazine uh, dubbed her pale blue eyes as the eyes of 1979. And in a newspaper interview in the same year, she stated that her eyes, at least in her opinion, were not so distinctive. However... On some occasions, film and television producers will have her wear contact lenses to lessen what they viewed as a distraction. For <laughs> she has a very imagine? she has a very distinct look too, just yeah, overall yeah. and in general. Yeah, uh, but they make up the main characters. Like, there's all these other side characters. There's a blind preacher. You know, there's a there's the the guy that kind of runs the the this underground resistance group with the sunglasses. Um, and everybody else is just kind of side characters, but the the main three are this, you know, Meg Foster, Keith David, and Roddy Piper. There's and a we've fourth. already said it, dude. There's oh, a who's f- the fourth? Well, he has like a very brief part in the beginning where he's bitching about the TV. And oh, then at the very that's end, right, that dude. Do you yeah. know who that fellow is who appeared on the first episode of our of our uh, our our non award winning podcast? <laughs> what? Who is that dude? So George Bu- George Flower. Was not only was he the guy in the suit that turned that turned coat at the very end of the movie, uh, but he was also the drunk on the bench when Marty comes back from 1955. You crazy drunk driver! <laughs> Talk about being typecast, dude. That's he was. They're you know, like we loved IMDb your drunk. Says, his IMDb says he was often cast as a drunk or a drifter. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Amazing having that look, right? That people are just like, we just need somebody that looks like they they lost in life, mm-hmm. uh, and you look great. You look perfect. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, but yeah, we we did discuss it. We already discussed how you know a lot of the performance in this kind of really hurts it, and it, a lot of it's between Roddy Piper and Keith David. Now let's let's just put it this way: Roddy Piper's not an actor. Uh, he does good in certain certain things, and and you know there's moments where he's he kind of shines in that like, um, 
you could he does come across as he's as if he can he's struggling so I, I think there's certain moments that he can play something pretty well but then when there was other moments moments of where there should be surprise uh shock horror anything like that it was just it was it was kind of lacking it was kind of lacking the headaches just no. drove me crazy oh i got a headache Dude, that too and then like how long do you so when you have a headache you have to keep your eyes closed the entire time as many times as he kept closing his eyes i was like man the direction he must have been getting for this like what was john carpenter was he high on coke or something like was he just blasted out that he wasn't present to notice that this was kind of rough i mean there's that's a there's a very good explanation for that and that probably is one <laughs> But yeah, um, I would say there was there was a lot to be desired in the acting. And again, so it's either the script doesn't help the acting or the acting really couldn't take off without the script or even vice versa. Who knows? Um, I don't know, man. This this there's I don't know what else to say about the acting in this one. It left a lot to be desired. Let's just say that. Yeah. So, you know, what else left a lot to be desired, dude, was the soundtrack. Let's get into that. I don't think there was a soundtrack. I think they had one, like, weird bluesy bass riff that that's all they played the entire movie. There was nothing else. I don't remember hearing any other song because it was the exact same thing over and over for everything. So it starts the movie, which works, right? It works because it's got this kind of uh, traveler, right, vagabond sound to the music. It's definitely the right soundtrack for a vagabond. So when we open the movie, watching him kind of walking around, the train's going by, and he's, he's making his way into the city, it works. But when that plays while he's sneaking around the church, when he's, you know, creeping up on these weird things, when he's walking around realizing the world is not normal, you can't play the same exact thing over and over. It doesn't fit. It did not at all. And that totally brought me out of the movie. The soundtrack is 10 tracks long, oh, God. Su- surprisingly composed by John Carpenter and Alan uh, Haworth, 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 whatever his name is. Uh, they also produced it and distributed it and all that other stuff. Heavy synth. And that's not surprising considering, you know, everything else that, but like the track list coming to LA is four minutes long. But that's the same track that was played throughout it. Did they just rename it and change slightly a little thing here and there and call it a reprise? No, they called it All Out of Bubblegum. And then oh. back, oh, here's one, Back to the Street. That might be what you're thinking of. Dude, it was it's rough when I noticed how often they kept playing the same, same track over and over. I was just like, does this film have any kind of sound design? And I get it. I So I, that was my assumption. I actually didn't look it up. But my assumption was that Carpenter helped, you know, uh, score it. And I was wondering if he just was riding the coattail, you know, the 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 high of the the kind of the hit it out of the park thing he had with Halloween, because the Halloween score, you know, that that very famous piano riff, that was something he wrote. And when you watch the movie, it plays in different variations throughout the whole film, and it works because that's the point. But in this instance. That what he chose that that style of music, that whatever it was, just doesn't seem to fit many of the different times that it came up in the film. Are you ready to have an aneurysm? Oh, I probably am. This film was nominated for Best Stop. Music for oh, the Sa- no. Saturn Awards, which are sci-fi awards. No way. It was nominated for Best Music and Best Science Fiction Film. And uh, the International Fantasy Film Award 
uh, Awards Fantasporoto. <laughs> it was nominated for Best Film, Best Overall Film. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it, it's just it doesn't date well, but maybe back then it passed for being enough, you know, even with cheesy language. But now, nowadays, I feel like we've we've really progressed in screenwriting and a lot of the stuff we have, special effects, sound, all that stuff that it just do, it no longer holds up. So I think that's what's hurting it the most, uh, because, again, maybe maybe, you know, 20 something years ago, we would have been sitting around going like, this is great. This is amazing. How about 10 years ago when it was being proposed to be remade? I mean, do it. Definitely you know who, remake it. I think you, you, you know do who it. was on to to direct it. Oh, who? Matt Reeves, the guy that's currently doing the Batman. Oh wow! See, I would totally see. A, I would love to see a remake of this because again, the plot's cool, the idea's cool, the gimmick is cool. You could do a lot with it, but please move away from the the, the a lot of the storyline. Do we need to make a lot of changes there? Seriously. Did you and like also no more wrestlers on this one? Yeah, I think you have to go with someone who actually has range. That's my thought. Yeah. Um anything else on the soundtrack? No, it was awful. Don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> don't buy We're it. Not buying that one. Don't, not even stream that. It for, don't stream it for free. That's not your summer banger this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to special effects. think of the makeup of the aliens the way they looked that whole kind of no skin looking like a, a skeleton thing they were real smart to do it in black and white throughout most most of the movie because of the sunglasses and to show the you know to to show the the, the difference between on and off so yep. that really cut down on the need for uh, makeup and you know you just put some dark circles here and there and and whatever uh, granted the mouth was really weird you know, because there was no, it seemed like there was no lips. Right. Um, the other effects that were hilarious were the gunshots. They didn't just, they didn't use a cap gun. <laughs> they just put in like a, a bullet, like a, like a mini explosion. And it looked, it looked awful. Dude. It was so obvious. How about when they saw the little mini like tracker UFO things that came down? Oh boy. Whenever, yeah, was a, that was, the, that's old school. Neat in concept, but that's like world, like uh, Orson Welles War of the yes. Worlds type, like uh, effect. Bro, we already had Star Wars by then, so like, how is this the the effects you guys are putting out? You know what I mean? This movie did not have the backing of ILM, <laughs> and it shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny how you say that. You know that they a lot of it was in black and white because later on there is color after you know they they kind of reveal to the world that that. They, oh, they kill the signal. There's a signal that mm -hmm. blinds everybody and makes it so that they're kind of quote unquote asleep. But once they kill the signal, you can you're awake. You see what people truly look like, and that's when you see the color. Uh, I gotta say, man, this whole movie, it's you know monster, it's aliens, it's gunfights, it's it's fist fights, it's cheesy language, it's got everything, and then. I don't know about you. Like, I'm not, I don't care about nudity in a film. I really don't. But why'd you wait till the very last minute before you decide you're going to throw up a pair of tits on the screen? Like, what was that about? When that lady was having sex with one of them and you look down. And the reason I was bringing it up is because the makeup, you could tell he was wearing like a, a spandex bodysuit. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? All painted up to, to look like that. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was pretty rough itself. 
But um, I had to make a point that it was funny that they waited till the very last frame of the movie to show nudity. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Odd um, choice. Yeah. It, how does that work? Does Car- Carpenter like you know what this film is missing? Uh, hey, you, honey, the one doing the craft table, come here. What if I give you a couple bucks to take your top off? I wonder if they had if that was the you know to show that you know until the until they were maybe to drive home the point that hey you don't really know what where that person's been I don't I don't know <laughs> you definitely don't know where well you know where she's been but uh the special effects man it well you're right there was so many different times there was a moment when they were fighting in the in the alley right Roddy Piper and Keith uh, Keith David. And Piper is literally bashing David's skull into the the back of his skull into the the gr- into the ground right into the gravel, um, and when he gets up to kind of fight, you can see there's a patch on the back of his skull that looks like it's been skinned off. It's it's pink, you know, and that looked great. I was like, holy cow, that's great attention to detail. Uh, five scenes later, it's not there anymore. He healed up super fast. Did you? How long do you think that fight... So that is one of the more oh, iconic scenes oh in the movie. How long do you think that fight scene goes on for? Too freaking long, bro. Like, there was so many times where it should have been done, right? And they're walking away, and that's what you usually... And then, and then one guy's just like, nope, you get over here. And that was the other thing that annoyed me. Like, the fact that Roddy Piper was so insistent. There's We have zero tie between these two guys, aside from the fact that they worked together for a minute. Other than that, Keith David wanted nothing to do with him. So I don't understand like why he was ready to die on that hill to get him to put those glasses on. He Because Frank has a family back in Detroit where all the factories shut down. I, wa- and? I, wa- I, re- I watched the story. You know I what I'm saying? I'm just saying it. Because he wanted to protect his... He wanted to help Frank because his most important thing is his wife and kids. So he was... How does he know they're not one of these things? Well, and that's the logic of the movie that will has not been flushed out. That scene, for some stupid reason, I thought it was always 12 minutes long, which can you imagine? <laughs> no, please no. <laughs> it, it, I timed it. Five minutes, 17 seconds. No From the first way. punch until they finally put the glasses on. It feels like double digits, bro. There's no... That's crazy. It, I was amazed at how long it was. Oh man, yeah, it was. It's definitely rough. I got to tell you, man. You know, and I know you better. I know you better than they knew each other for the amount of time they knew each other on the films. If you and I were fighting, and I was trying to get you to do this, at some point I'd have been like, you know what? Screw you, then. I'm trying, bro. But if you're not going to do it, peace out. Good luck to you. That's what I'm saying. I just don't understand what it was that made Piper just be like. You're the guy. You're the guy. I would literally don't mind if you kill me as long as I can help you live. Well, it's keep the, in it mind, was so weird. Keep in mind, he was also on the run for murder because this because he went to the job site to get Frank after he killed those cops and had yeah. his face on all those TVs that he walked right by and didn't <laughs> look up to see his face. Yeah. Oh, God. You think that he would... So speaking of that, when he walks by that row of TVs... You think that Piper, whose name in this movie, we didn't mention it yet and neither did the movie, his name <laughs> is billed as Nada. Yeah. Super clever. Give him a name like Rick. Like he's nobody, but he's nobody. He's Nada. He's nothing. Yeah. Well, that's true. So he, you'd think that when he walks by and sees the screens change, that wall of televisions as they used to sell them, mm-hmm. to his face, the color change typically causes people to just simply look up. 
Mm-hmm. And if you see your face on there, that is a character moment. You could be like, oh, snap. I yep. got to get gone or I got to get out of Dodge or I got to fulfill my mission, whatever it is. And let me ask you something. Typically, when somebody comes up missing, somebody comes up wanted, there's people that come out to say, oh, I knew who this person was. And they're able to provide some sort of photo for the news to use. Nobody knew this guy. He was a drifter. No one knew his name. Where the hell did the news get that shot of that, that like, like driver's license shot of him that was like the word not even it was one of his headshots that's literally one of roddy piper's headshots uh when he when he made his way over to hollywood i never real i never picked up on that that's that's yeah. a good call unless Check they in. unless they want to say that they pulled it from the bank surveillance but they couldn't have because oh, no his way, hair dude, was much headshot. longer yeah it's a literal headshot like he's sitting there it's it's hilarious i was but, like where did they get continu- that picture <laughs> and continuity wise his hair was if they say they pulled it from the bank it was the yeah. same day so his hair would have been longer <laughs> he would have been wearing different clothes yeah man there was there was so much to this man the special effects and, and a lot of this is is uh listeners i'm telling you if you if you I think sometimes I want to tell people to brave the fact that we're telling them it's so bad just so that they can enjoy it and see how bad it can be. Um, but overall, dude, like, it's, I don't even know. There are still scenes that I liked, and there were still some quotes, obviously. The famous one that everybody gets wrong is, is one that's always one I liked because, you know, when you're a kid and Roddy, Roddy Piper's is saying that line, it just sounds so badass. When you grow up and you see the context and you see everything that builds up to it, it seems a little, you know ridiculous but still you know to me it's one of my favorites um and i would have to say my other favorite scene is is basically how they would show putting the glasses on and seeing the world change other than that i don't think there's too much more that i could say was something i enjoyed or was my favorite of this film well and when they you know when he says that i'm here to chew bubble gum and and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble gum he says it in such a staccato william shatner style fashion <laughs> he does like, i have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubble gum yeah it's uh yowzers what about you is there anything else that stands out for you in this film uh, i mean it's it, it's just a if you want to get into hollywood or acting local theater Watch this and realize that this is nothing that you ever want to do in terms <laughs> I want to of see acting some, behavior. I want to see somebody adapt this script to local theater. Keith David was better than everybody else in this film combined because yes. he's actually talented. Yeah, I agree. I think he he was he was the higher focal point here in regards to you know acting for sure, one hundred percent. Um, man. All right. Let's rate this. What are you going to rate it? What is it? What's your, what's your rating system on this, this time around? I'm thinking out of, out of sunglasses. Yeah. Sounds about right. Mm. Um, well for me, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm just going to get right to it. No, no lie. I'll probably wear one pair of sunglasses for this one. Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot that I had, uh, I held as, as memories that felt, um, warm and fuzzy but the longer this kept going and i would say that was right after minute 15 i started to realize wow those rose colored glasses got shattered because this is this is rough um and it didn't get better and that's the thing it kind of sucks that it didn't get better i wish it would have i wish i would have enjoyed it more just because you know younger chris was such a huge piper fan uh, and, and just to, to see him in a role where he was kicking ass and beating up aliens, it would have been, you know, it would have been awesome to hold on to that thought. 
but it definitely isn't the truth anymore. Um, and so, yeah, one, one, one pair of sunglasses for me. I am going to have to agree with you. It is a full one pair, 1.0 for me. And that's only because when I watched this movie young, when I was younger, it was halfway decent. Um, it's just not a desirable rewatch. It yeah. really isn't. It's, it's just a movie that should never be in the library of Congress or, <laughs> or our library. <laughs> yeah. I think it, you know, I think if honestly, if all copies of this movie, including the masters were lost when the last blockbuster close closes, <laughs> then, you know, that would be okay. Yeah. Bury him with the ET video game, man. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I gotta say is I know there's going to be films that we can't cover in the future that, uh, I'm going to love, even though as a film, it's not the greatest film. So in those instances, I'm going to give two scores. You know, I'm going to say that if you're looking at it as a piece of film, this is the score I would have given it. But because I love it, I hold it here. This, unfortunately, is not one of them. I agree with you. Bury these ones. I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to see these. I, I don't think, I can't watch this. I don't want to watch this again. I just don't. There would ever. be no irony in watching it again. No. And, and it, I, I did that the other day, and that was the extent of it. Oh, I don't know, man. Um, I'll tell you what, though. For our next film, this is going to be a little bit different because I feel like every single film we've watched so far has been something that I've seen. I don't think we've watched anything yet that I had not seen yet. Uh, so this is going to be different. This one, the next movie we're watching, I have not seen. I'm not sure if you have, but what we're watching next is uh, Blade Runner. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. So there's about a thousand versions of this movie. Can you be more, is this, this is the final cut? The one that came out in, was it 97? Um, you know what? Well, let's actually watch the original. What if we just watch the original cut the way it came out originally? Is that still available? I mean, it. I'm sure it is. No we'll different look for than, it. Yeah, we'll um, watch, we're going to watch Blade Runner. Uh, and when we get back to get to record it, we'll be able to actually say which one we decided on. But uh, it should be cool, man, because I've heard nothing but good things um Ridley Scott we know he does such a great job in a lot of his films so I'm looking forward to this and I hope I'm not going to be disappointed I've never seen it so I'm really looking forward to seeing something completely new and coming in with some really fresh reaction on it I've never seen it either oh this is gonna be really fun then Mm -hmm. sweet sweet first ever uh next time thanks so much for listening again everybody this was chris and sean for silence your phones please make sure to head over to bicbp-radio.com support all the other podcasts there make sure you subscribe rate and review um other than that i'm out of here sean hit the lights ladies and gentlemen it is now time to unsilence your phones